in a way, because I, you know, I have my other company that I'm working with, with the, you know, the mortgage company, and I also have two young boys. And then outside of that, having a third um, responsibility of a wax center, I kind of liked the fact that I didn't have to recreate the wheel. That was Emily Palmer, the owner of a European wax center franchise. When Emily started to explore the idea of this business opportunity, she already owned a mortgage brokerage with her husband, yet she wanted something more. So Emily did her homework. She explored the European wax center, which she knew as a guest and decided to join as a franchisee. In this episode, you'll hear Emily's experience as an entrepreneur in a non-franchise business and how she's made that transition to sit in the role as a franchisee. So how does she do it? Let's find out. Are you a woman who's considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for honest information to help you make the best decision for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? We're here to help. Welcome to Franchise Rising. I'm your host, Aaron Carpenter. Let's get going. Welcome to the Franchise Rising podcast. This is the show where experts, franchisees, and franchisors share stories, strategies, and expert advice for women who want to join or invest in a franchise. The information on this show is not intended as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a franchise and is for information purposes only. If you've been listening and enjoy the show, we'd love it if you spread the word. Tell a friend, subscribe, share it on social media. We're pretty much everywhere at Franchise Rising. And don't hesitate to give us feedback about guests we can bring on and how we can make the show better. You can do all of this by visiting FranchiseRising.com and dropping a note in the chat pane. Without further ado, let's transition to today's guest. Hey, welcome back to the Franchise Rising podcast. I am so excited today because we have another franchisee guest on the show. Her name is Emily Palmer. Emily, actually, not only does she own a franchise, she also owns a mortgage brokerage business called Crest Funding. So she's a mortgage broker and a franchisee of European Wax Center. And let's go ahead and introduce Emily. Emily, would you like to tell us a little bit more about what you're up to right now? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Erin. Um, I'm excited to be on your show. Yeah, this is this is fun. I've been following you for a little while now and listening to your um, interviews. So um, it's it's been great, great content. Really interesting um, oh, people thank that you. you've had. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I own um, Crest Funding in Encinitas in, in California, and um, I've had the brokerage for about 15 years now. I own it with my husband, my partner. And, um, yeah, we've, we've done really well. Um, we made it through, you know, the mortgage crises back in, in 06 and kind of survived that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really successful, very profitable. Um, we love the area of Encinitas and, um, I found myself, you know, after so many years in, in lending of, you know, just kind of searching for, for something different, um, you know, something that maybe is more, you know, women oriented a little more on like the, the nurturing side of business, you know, rather than, um, you know, the 30 the day cycle of lending, which the field it, itself can be, you know, it's, it's pretty male dominated. It's, it's, it can be very stressful. 
Um, so yeah, back um, about four years ago now, um, we, my sister and I decided that, you know, the European Wax Center, we, we love the brand. Um, I had been a uh, guest of the European Wax Center in Encinitas for several years. And I re- what I really liked about it was, um, you know, they, they, they took the waxing experience outside of, you know, the back room of a nail salon and they pulled it into its own um, entire, entire business, its own structure. So um, it's, it's, you know, head to toe, you know, body waxing for women and, and for men. And, um, you, you know, no matter what part of your body, you're in and out in 15 minutes. So it's very clean. It's very organized. Um, like 75% less painful than, than any waxing experience I'd ever had. And um, I just really liked their formula. I liked um, the structure of the business and, and I felt a little more comfortable. I know a lot of um, the, the people that own European wax centers. Um, it's kind of like a sister of massage envy in a way. There's a lot of um, trans, you know, transferring back and forth of, you know, and massage people that own wax centers. So um, I was confident with that brand as well. So it helped me kind of, um, I don't know, launch into uh, the European Wax Center. Oh, wow. So you were a customer and I think you called it guest. Is that right? Is that how they? Right. The guest experience. Yeah. Yeah. I like the the branding. I appreciate that. And and you had me at 75% less painful because. uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard of this because I'm, I'm one of those people who goes to the place with the back room. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. We all did. We all did. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It's just a game changer for sure. I mean, if, if you're a regular at waxing, I mean, no matter, you know, what part of your body, um, they're just really well trained, um, you know, wax specialists. And uh, they really just help enhance the whole guest experience. And, and like, like, you know, you're a busy, you know, businesswoman and, and we all are, you know, so it's kind of like you want to get in and you want to get out. So yeah. the 15 minute. Yeah, it, it, that really spoke to me, too, is that we, we have speed waxers that really, you know, make it comfortable for the guests. But you're you're basically you're on a clock and you're, you're in and out and you're ready to go about your day. Yeah, I mean, anyone, any business who thinks of the idea of saving time has has a leg right. up. I mean, in any way, shape, or form, whether it's a physical business, online business, you name it. Um, you know, that's absolutely big competitive advantage. Okay, so agree, and that's fascinating. So you also mentioned there were a bunch of massage envy owners who also owned European wax centers. Was that correct? Uh-huh. So which yeah. gave it some some credibility and some proof for you. And that brings me back. Yeah, I don't know if that's a. Did you listen? Have you listened to the episode with Dan Durney? I did. I did just recently. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think he talks about, he gives some examples of franchisees who will own complementary brands. Uh-huh. Um, I don't uh-huh. know if this and is that's, analogous to that. Yeah, no, that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly true. And, you know, it's really because, you know, so you have Massage Envy that's really, um, well, we're, so European Wax Center is more like a package-based business. Mm-hmm. So you're buying packages and then you've got Massage Envy. That's more of a monthly membership-based business. So they kind of carry that same, you know, platform, I guess, and where they're very much into, you know, guest retention. Um, everybody should be, of course, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really, they have, you know, really motivating ways of encouraging their guests 
you know, to um, just maintain that loyalty and, and come back every time. So, uh, yeah, I'd already, I was a, a member of Massage Envy as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of knew how their structure was and mm-hmm. um, it, it just being new to the franchise business. And I think it's uh, coming from a perspective where I have owned a business, but mm-hmm. it's, it's my business, you know, and I, I make the calls and, you know, what we, we decided marketing and, and, you know, what steps to take for, um, you know, just the whole, you know, making our business profitable. Um, it was funny to, to make that transition into a franchise where, you know, it, those decisions are, a lot of them are made for you and you kind of follow their formula. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it does take a lot of the, the detailed decision-making out, but, you know, you have to be willing to, to give as well, <laughs> give that, yeah. you know, power. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many questions come out of that. So, Along those lines, how how did you reconcile that? Because I know I've talked to a lot of brands and it can be, they often will say, hey, it's kind of, it can be a challenge if you're dealing with someone who's not used to following the system, so to speak, right? Because right. someone who's truly an entrepreneur wants to get out there and do their own thing and really, you know, that that's the, the pro and con, right, of, of buying a franchise or joining a franchise, you're owning on your business. Right. However, you are the, you have a system which helps things. You have a system, you have a system to follow and it's not for everyone. So how did you reconcile that coming from your right. own mortgage business with your own, you know, the freedom to your, do your own thing and jumping into that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, at first it was quite a bit of a struggle. I mean, it, I think uh, it brings me back to location, 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 mm. especially when, you know, you're, you're looking, um, for volume, you know, with, with our mm-hmm. formula for the wax centers, they really want density and they want foot traffic. And, um, I found that, you know, I, I definitely would have made some different decisions like, you know, four years in, but, um, you know, finding not even, uh, I think a lot of people would skip over this normally, but, um, knowing the restrictions of your city, um, like mm-hmm. for instance, we, you know, we're in Solana beach and a lot of people don't know this about Solana beach, but it's, it's extremely conservative mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of restrictions on, you know, just overall advertising from, oh. you know, a sign spinner to, um, what kind of clings you put in, in the window, what kind of, you know, marketing pictures you have hanging in the windows. So, you know, we, and just little things like, uh, you know, I had a really cool beach cruiser that had our marketing mm-hmm. on it. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't really utilize that out in the city. So there was a lot of um, restrictions that I came across that kind of are over and above um, what the franchise would, you know, have put on us. Um, so it, yeah, in answer to that question, um, you know, in a way, because I, you know, I have my other company that I'm working with, with the, you know, the mortgage company. And I also have two young boys. And then outside of that, having a third um, responsibility of a wax center, I kind of liked the fact that I didn't have to recreate the wheel that it was, you know, the, you know, a lot of those decisions were made for me. So I was all right with that and, and transitioning from the, the lending business um, and banking into you know, the beauty, health and, and wellness business, it's, it's, it was such a foreign territory for me. So I was kind of glad to have some, some well, you know, known professionals that had been doing this for years. And, um, you know, I surrounded myself with some, some really intelligent people, like I said, who had come from massage envy and 
you know, just had years and years of owning franchises and multiple franchises. So um, that, that really helped me out. But yeah, there, there were, there have been times definitely where it's frustrating. Like, you know, with my social media, I wanted to have my own Facebook. I wanted to have my own Instagram. And, you know, there's, there's, they were, I was constantly being held back because, you know, corporate wanted to manage that. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that for sure from a friend. I mean, there's over 500 locations of European Wax Center throughout the country now. So it, it's a massive franchise. Um, but they, uh, they can't have everybody doing their own thing. You know, <laughs> it, it, would, it does. They're very, very protective of their brand They're, as they should be. But that, yeah, they, they keep it at a very high, high end scale. And uh, yeah, they, that's important to them. So, but yeah, yeah, that was frustrating. It's, you know, trying to do my own marketing and, you know, everything has to pass through corporate, mm. you know, from, you know, a flyer that you want to put out for, you know, a, a brow happy hour to, you know, something that you may want to, um, you know, mail out to, to guests. So yeah, that, that can be very challenging. Wow. And that's interesting. That reminds me of, uh, the, in the episode with Deb Evans, it was episode, I think it's 11. Yeah. She talks about how different companies have different levels of, uh, want different levels of control with respect to social media. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. is that something that, and you said there are some things that you would have done differently. Would you have inquired or did, did you have that expectation up front of the kind of freedom that you would have or not have? Or did you just, mm-hmm. did you ask? I know that. I didn't, I didn't really know. I mean, I was pretty limited to be honest. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of why, you know, being on your podcast that I'd like to share because I, I didn't do um, enough upfront research like that you really should be doing. Um, I just didn't know, you know, like again, coming from having my own company and the freedom sure. to market however I wish, whenever I wish, you know, to, um, wow, is that something that I would be restricted with, with a franchise? And, um, you know, and on the, on that side of a franchise is it is, you know, waxing can be thought of as, you know, kind of a more private personal experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, some of our, our marketing pieces can be a little risque, you know, they can be, you know, the bikini waxes and, and suits and things like that. Even though we are a beach community in Solana beach, um, it's, it's still more on the conservative side of things. Um, sure. So you know, so yeah, that, that was a little challenging, but yeah, I mean, I think asking those questions and really knowing, um, you know, what your limitations are, because I think, like you said, is, you know, franchises, they vary and, um, you know, maybe some are really more restrictive or I think as they grow and you have so many locations, they can kind of, um, you know, just kind of crank down the rules a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's, that was something that, that I was a little surprised with. And then, and then to have the combination of a, a conservative city. And I really felt like the density of where we, um, of where we opened wasn't uh, large enough for the amount of um, foot traffic we really need. So that's when the, I really, really wanted to get out there to the community and advertise as much as I could and to have, you know, to be somewhat hand, you know, handcuffed on what you can do was was a little frustrating for sure so what so how helpful how much did the franchise help in selecting the territory a b 
understanding the community, both from a, a dense traffic density perspective as well as a um, you know marketing limitations perspective and and maybe not all of that is under the scope of what they're supposed to do i'm not sure i'm just i'm just curious and if part of it's yeah. not how would you advise someone do that in the future knowing that maybe it's not the franchise's responsibility yeah yeah well you know, what happened with us is um you know that southern california there's it's commercial space can be difficult to find um, so, and also, you know, there's the price point, it's very expensive. So, uh, we had bought the license, uh, a year prior, you know, to actually finding a location and we just were sitting on this, you know, expensive license and mm -hmm. we couldn't like pinpoint a location. So corporate did provide us with a commercial broker that we worked closely with, um, that we kind of uh, last minute pulled the trigger, I think just out of desperation rather than really taking our time and, and maybe waiting for the, the right spot to show up. Um, it's kind of, it's for the European Wax Center, a lot of the really, um, you know, gangbuster profitable centers are in areas where there's a mall or, you know, you're going to have a lot of foot traffic. Um, they're not, like the um, how, like Solana Beach tends to be on the I don't know more wealthy side, so mm -hmm. it's not necessary that you know these our guests are really looking for a deal when it comes to wax. You know mm -hmm. they might they have their spa or you know wherever that they they're used to um, frequenting that can take care of that for them. So it was it was a real challenge, kind of you know mm -hmm. finding what what how we're going to tap into the type of guests that we pull from which is you know in the area of solana beach del mar rancho santa fe and um it, it's just a different type of guest so uh that as far as the location goes um corporate definitely was there to help us out in in retrospect though they've actually come back and said that the density isn't quite where it should be for solana beach that they wouldn't approve that area at this point <laughs> so that's not that's oh, that's not terribly reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you overcome but, that? How do they recommend you overcome that? Um, you know, we, there's always uh, ideas of, you know, doing more marketing. Um, you know, it has been suggested that we actually move location um, into a more, you know, high density area. Um, so those were kind of some of their ideas. And, and I think that kind of, brings me back to when you are researching a franchise is to make sure, I mean, it's, it's what is the exit strategy if things aren't as you expected? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're finally at a, at a level where we are profitable, but I mean, it's been a very, very difficult um, several years uh, just because of, you know, you, you have your expectations that are so high and you've got, you know, obviously have enough financial liquidity to, to keep that center open and going. Um, and so what, what is an exit strategy if, if, you know, God forbid it does, it does come to that point and how much support does corporate offer, you know, when it, when something doesn't turn out the way you think it should be. Um, so that, that is another thing that I, I should have looked into more and, and done my, my research on. Wow. Interesting. So yeah. you're talking about a lot of the questions that you should ask 
before and in, in mm-hmm. doing your research that you know, stuff you didn't know. And I'm hearing from franchisees and, and people considering a franchise who didn't know a lot either. So it's definitely, <laughs> definitely very normal. Right. Realize is there's, yeah. there's a whole other language involved in this. Um, so some of the questions I, I heard True. were, what is your exit strategy, both during and, mm-hmm. and maybe after, right? If things don't mm-hmm. go as planned. Uh, what are the what 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 are the re, what's the density like in the territory? Uh, what are the restrictions in that community from a marketing perspective or other perspective? Mm-hmm. What kind mm-hmm. of controls are there from a from corporate in terms of social media and and other marketing? Did I right? Was there more? No, those are those are kind of the hot the hot points. <laughs> okay definitely great now let's let's talk a little bit about running this on a day-to-day basis you mentioned mm-hmm. that you joined it with your sister your sister right mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. still have your mortgage brokerage business who's running the day-to-day operations right right so i have a management team that's in place right now um, the, the original idea was that my sister would run it once, um, you know, we, we broke ground and had a, the build out complete, um, things happen in life and, and that didn't work out. So she had to be home with her family. And so six months in, you know, we, we separated ways. And, um, so she's no longer a part and that actually brings me to, you know, partnering up. I don't know if you've had this mm-hmm. come up on, on your podcast yet, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, knowing that, Hey, you know, what if you, if you do have a partner that's, um, you know, 50% or whatever percentage involved, um, you have to, I mean, just having something in writing to where you're both in agreement. And if someone does have to step aside, what does that agreement look like? Or what is, Mm -hmm. you know, what is moving forward going to look like for the franchise? So, um, that was something that happened. I mean, think she's my close, one of my closest sisters. So we're, everything's fine on that level, but, um, it it was, that relationship was, you know, obviously much more important than a business relationship. So, um, I did find myself, I mean, my original plan with opening up a European wax center was, um, you know, financially I'm going to help back it, but I still, I'm going to, you know, continue my, my mortgage broker business. Um, and then be available for, you know, marketing, um, kind of mentorship for the girls, um, just involved with, you know, any type of coaching um, meetings and things like that. So six months in, I did find myself like, wow, you're, you're the forefront <laughs> of this center. <laughs> How am I, how's this going to happen? You know? So um, it was a little change of pace for me and I, and it took me a little while to wrap my head around, um, you know, how, how am I going to do both of these? um, and still be available to my family. Mm. So yeah, that, that was a tough one. Um, I, and, and in the end, I think it is, um, what I found a lot of help with, um, was other franchisees and, and kind of telling them my story and meeting with them and, um, you know, how, like, what do you recommend? And, and so I did get a lot of coaching, um, you know, from them and, uh, just really getting, a good management system in place, knowing I can't, there's no way I could physically be there as much as, as I'd want to be, or as much as I'd want a presence of ownership there, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and we keep hearing over and over again, how important it is to have that support system of the other franchisees. 
So yeah, it's, it's great right. to hear some practical examples of that because there you go. That's, that's one of the benefits of joining a franchise is you're, you're signing up and you have that support system of people who are in Absolutely. very similar boats. Yep. Yeah, and I actually made the the mistake going into the franchise, looking at the other franchisees as a competition mm. rather than a resource. Right. You know, because we're so close to each other, like we're you know we don't want them pulling on our guest count, mm. and you know. And then I I quickly learned that you know they they've been so helpful. I'm so appreciative to them. Um, just in in I mean from whatever I mean you could run out of product and have to, you know, ask a franchisee to help you out. Or, you know, if you want to do a co-op for marketing and jump on a flyer together. I mean, there's just so many reasons where, you know, it makes sense to have that, that camaraderie and to, to really be able to, you know, help each other out. You still there? Oh, there you are. I think I yeah. lost you for a minute. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that internet situation. No, that's no that's amazing, and I think that you know, I can I can attest to this personally, and from what I've observed with a lot of people around me, there's a part of having the mind. You know, there's the talk about the mindset of having a scarcity versus an abundant mm-hmm. mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And there's and once you make that shift and you realize there's always enough then things can really take off and be so much more beneficial when you start to see the people in your, you know, surrounding franchisee community as assets rather than competitors, all of a sudden it helped, helped you tremendously. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. And then great, great point about the partnership with the business partnership Mm -hmm. piece. Um, You know, one of my mentors told me, one time whenever you're when you're entering a business partnership before you even get going write your exit strategy your breakup strategy and That's i know it's, yeah i mean i know it sounds you know it doesn't sound great it kind of <laughs> sounds like it's you're a buzzkill yeah <laughs> yeah it's a buzzkill but it's it's actually true because at some point no matter what happens you will part ways whether someone acquires, someone right. doesn't want to do it anywhere, whether the business is acquired, whether someone retires in 50 years. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. There's always Seriously. something yeah. that, that will shift at some point. It's only a matter of when. And the more you can spell that out, the more clearly right up front, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it really can save a lot of pain in the long run. So address it before it becomes a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I would highly, highly recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So how, uh, and you said you have a couple young boys at home? Yeah, well. I do. My, wow. yeah, youngest is seven and 11. So yeah, they're getting bigger now, but, um, wow. yeah, when I first opened, they were even, you know, little guys. So <gasps> they're a lot, <laughs> a lot of fun too. I am so impressed. Yeah. I, I have two little ones too. My oldest is seven though, right now. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. So- yeah. Yeah, well, we we all are. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So I, I'm really impressed with how you've been able to manage all this. How so? How did yeah. your surrounding friends and family? Um, what was that support like as you made this decision to buy the European Wax Center franchise when you already had young boys and another business? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, well, luckily my husband, Dan is, is really supportive. Um, we always joke, like if he's like, if I was the only decision maker in this family, I think we'd, or if you were the only decision maker in this family, I think you'd have like 20 businesses by now. <laughs> so, cause I, I definitely, he, he's the anchor and, um, you know, I, I have this mentality that, you know, you're only around this, this world once, you know, like, like experience <laughs> as much as possible, learn as much as possible go out there and do it. So, um, yeah, that can be, a that can be a little bit tough, um, on the long term, but, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think, uh, my family was pretty, pretty supportive. Um, like, you know, my sister was my partner and, and jumped right in with me in the beginning and um, I think uh, what was important um, and what uh, probably a lot of your franchisees come up across is that, you know, you have to, it's nice if one spouse is, is at least continuing whatever they're doing for a living and you're not relying on that, that income right off the bat from the franchise um, because that may never happen or it may just take a, a very long time to happen. I mean, hopefully everybody hits it out of the park in the first few months, but that's, that's, you know, it's, it's tough for that to happen. Um, so yeah, they were, they were all pretty supportive. I mean, um, they're all like my guests at the wax center. Um, they're all pretty familiar with the brand already. Um, so it, it was, it was an easy environment to kind of convince them that, Hey, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So yeah, with, with that, uh, mindset of, Hey, you only live once. Let's, uh, Let's go for it. What what are you, what are your goals for European Wax Center and and beyond? I mean, are you considering other locations, brands, yeah. to the extent you yeah. you're willing to share? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I am. Yeah, I'm always looking for you know what what's the next you know experience. I think my my reason for opening up a, a wax center, you know, obviously it's you know financial, like like most franchisees. But I, I also, like I had mentioned before, I wanted to switch from from lending in that environment into something that's more, um, you know, in, involved with women and, and mentoring. A lot of the girls I work with are in their early 20s. And I really felt like in lending, it, I wasn't really getting that sense of satisfaction. I really wanted to, uh, you know, give back a little bit more and, um, you know, just help, help young girls or whoever, um, you know, just reach their goals and, and succeed and how, how to do that and create an environment that was really positive um, and more of a team environment where, you know, what I preach to every new employee is, is we're, we're a member of a team. It's a family. You know, we want to, if anyone needs help, we're there to help them or, you know, back them up. I mean, there's just no, you know, I, I really wanted to build that type of culture in my center and the girls are, are great. They, they're, they are like family, you know, some of them even are roommates and live together, you know, so it's, it's really neat to see a lot of that um, work out. You know, there's a lot of young single moms just, you know, struggling and, and trying to, to make it work here in Southern California. And mm. um, so, you know, I've, it's, it's hard. It's, and um, so I've really gotten a lot out of that. Um, it's been much, it's been more fulfilling. And so I kind of, it helped me with that avenue of my search. Um, the next step, I, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I, I know that at this point, um, kind of juggling both businesses and um, the real estate and everything else that I do, 
I, I would love to get the wax center up to a level. I mean, it is profitable right now, but it possibly sell it in the future and then look into, um, you know, I have other friends and franchisees that are moving on to amazing lash and some of these other, um, you know, coaching, um, franchises that are all interesting to me. Um, but knowing what I know now, um, you know, I have no regrets of opening the wax center. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely, I've had some trials and tribulations, especially in the beginning with, um, losing my partner, but, uh, I've learned so much and just what it takes to open up a business. Um, you know, just hiring, like what type of, of people you're hiring, what you're looking for, um, marketing, you know, coaching and motivating and sales goal. I mean, everything that, that goes on in a franchise. Um, and like you said earlier, like it has its own language. It, it, it really does its own language, its own culture, its own, you know, it's, it's like its own little entity. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've learned a lot and, and yeah, that we'll see what the next step is, but I, I'm definitely, I've had a great franchise, you know, experience overall with the people I've met and the, what I've learned from it. Um, I might have another one in my future. Who knows? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. They say once it gets in your blood, you just can't, you can't stop, which is, which is, is fascinating for me too. I mean, you have serial entrepreneurs and maybe there's, maybe there's a term for this. I haven't discovered yet, but serial franchisees. (laughs) Right. I'll have to ask some of my previous guests about that. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, you, you're such an inspiration and I really appreciate you sharing all of this with our listeners. And since you are a listener, you can appreciate that sure. as well. And so this is really absolutely. Fun. Yeah. 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 So, exciting. so yeah. If, if anyone has any questions or would like to reach you, uh, where, where can they find you? Um, you know, probably my, my email for the wax center is Emily, emily.palmer at waxcenter.com. That's probably okay. the best way. com. Yeah. And if they'd like to yeah. stop by, if someone listening is in the Solana Beach area or nearby and they'd like to stop by, you guys have any specials going on? Yeah. Right now? Bring in some more foot traffic? We, yeah, today is the, it's, it's package month. So we've Ooh. got really discounted packages. It's only a couple of months out of the year. So it's a great time. It's kind of launching us into the summer months. So um, come by and see us. We're on Loma Santa Fe, right in Solana Beach, just, just west of the five in the same um, in the same strip mall with Bevmo and Panera and, and all that. Yeah. And Marshall, everybody knows Marshall. So mm-hmm. we're right there parallel to the freeway. All right. That's great. I know that location. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, it's good that it's great. It's along the freeway. We can just hop off and go on in and get back on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> you can avoid the fare traffic for a little while. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Man, be nice. Okay. Well, before I let you go, I'd love to ask you the three questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one, what's the best business advice you've ever received? Ooh, um, I would say, oh gosh, research. I think um, there's so much to say uh, in just being prepped for for what you're up for and really, really taking your time um, to learn. Um, and, And also like within your, like what you're looking for. Like if, if it is a business or a franchise, um, you know, do you believe in that product? Why is it that you're opening, you know, a, a, a store or what, what's your personal 
reason, what's your personal goal, and really outlining that along with, um, you know, just really researching what you're buying into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely hear that a lot. That's that's great. Yeah. So what what would you what would you recommend another woman considering buying a joining or buying a franchise do? Um, I, I would probably say talking to other, um, franchises or franchisees that either own, you know, the same business that you're looking into, or, you know, honestly, just any franchise, because I think there's a lot of similar similarities, um, you know, no matter what business you're going into and there's lots of struggles and, and just knowing, having those, having those tough conversations, like, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, oh, it's great. It's wonderful. This, but you know, it's hard too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, are you, is your personal life structured to where you can handle, um, the hours and, and the stress and, and can your partner handle it? Um, so, and financially obviously is, is a huge one. So, you know, probably talking with as many people as you can and getting the, the good, bad and the ugly stories, you know, <laughs> because right, you right. want to hear all of it. You know, you'll probably go through all those as, you know, the roller coaster continues. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's an amazing upside. There's such a sense of accomplishment with um, being, you know, a woman business owner. Um, but, you know, it, it is juggling, too. So just making sure you're, you've got everything in place. I love your honesty with that. Thank you. Yeah, sure. All right. So what other female franchisees do you know who are rocking it? Yeah, so I have a, a few. I mean, I would say um, um, I have a, some massage envy. Donnie Snyder's been a great support for me. Um, she's massage envy, um, Eda, a European Wax Center owner, and then she's transitioned on to Amazing Lash. Okay. So she's got a whole, and, and her father too is is a great. Dennis Conklin, he's been great as far as um, you know, kind of being a mentor and coming in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's massage envy as well. Um, Teresa Shea is another local, uh, amazing lash owner. I think she's on num- number two or three. She also owns um, mortgage uh, um, real estate companies, so she's a great resource. Um, wow. And then I have an- another friend, Brittany Schmid, who just, um, which I think is really neat. She she's doing the Dale Carnegie, so the the life coaching. Hmm. and kind of on a, a corporate um, like mentorship level. So she comes into larger corporations and um, does like the three-day coaching classes for employees, but she's an amazing um, speaker and yeah, just very interesting. Oh, interesting. It's interesting to hear about a concept that's not a brick and mortar one as well. I know, right? Yeah. And the coaching thing is such the buzz right now. So I love it. It's, it's great. It helps a lot of companies just kind of get to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Those are three three great people. It's fantastic to hear that you're surrounded by such great influencers. Yeah. And then also, thank yeah. you for making an impact. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I think I, I have to tell you, you're, you're, what you're creating for women and just this platform of honesty and being able to tell your story and then your website with all the resources you're offering, it's, it's really neat to see. It's, it's a great space to kind of share. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I sure hope so. And and your episode actually just inspired me even more to do more to offer those resources on the website because that's part of the vision. If we can help 
you know, women like you either now or yeah. before do the homework that they need and, and get to the right decision faster. That's really, you know, at the core of the mission. So uh, we're going to work to, to continue adding that. And if anyone listening to the show has questions, thoughts, feedback, and especially thoughts about what should be on the website, please let us know. You can go to franchiserising.com. You can drop it in the chat pane. You can send me an email at Aaron at franchiserising.com. Uh, you know, of course, mention us, mention us in all the social media channels at Franchise Rising, but, but we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and Emily, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Appreciate you coming sure. on the show. You have a wonderful afternoon. You too. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, take care. All right. Bye. Wow. Thank you so much to Emily Palmer for giving us such great information about her experience as a franchisee with European Wax Center. If you'd like to receive show notes for today's episode, you can find them at franchiserising.com slash 15. As always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or feedback, just come find us at franchiserising.com and drop a note in the chat pane. On next week's episode, we'll speak with Violet Rainwater, the sales genius from Rainmaker Way. On this episode, Violet breaks down the importance of franchises having specific sales processes in place. She shares specific examples of what happens when you're left to do the selling and are not equipped with a solid operational process, as well as what questions to ask about a brand's sales process before you sign on the dotted line. I know that time is one of the precious things you don't get back. And I really appreciate you taking your time to listen to the Franchise Rising podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more, hit subscribe. Or if you don't know how to subscribe, just go to franchiserising.com slash subscribe and we'll guide you to the right place there. Until next time, have a great week.